This has been a really big week for our nation. And whether you are pro-royal, or whether you are fairly apathetic, or whether you are anti-royal, actually this has been a big week, a big moment. And the thing that struck me on Thursday evening as the news of the Queen's death broke was that I got many, many messages on my phone from friends, uh, all who had very different opinions on the royal family, but with one running theme that went throughout all the messages that sense of we are surprised by the loss that we feel. We are surprised by the level of sadness and grief that we feel. Because for many in the midst of a world which looks unstable, it was another moment where something was changing, where something felt unstable again. And as messages and tributes started to pour in for the Queen, for leaders throughout the whole world, there were some themes that ran through the words that people said. One of them was service. We are so grateful for her service, for her servant heart. Even in the letter that she wrote this summer uh, in the Jubilee celebrations earlier in the year, she signed it, Your Servant Elizabeth. That was the heart of who she wanted to be, servant-hearted to those for whom she was called to serve. There was also another running theme that came through and was seen as well as King Charles made his first address to the nation as our new king. It was the theme of the deep-rooted personal faith in Jesus that our queen had. Even this uh, past Christmas, she said the words in her Christmas message, I draw strength from the hope and message of the Christian gospel. That was something on which she stood. She was one of the greatest speakers of Jesus through the masses that she spoke to. Every year in her Christmas message without fail, she spoke of something of her deep-rooted personal faith. And many heard that message. Whether we are pro-royal or anti-royal, actually, how amazing that we had a queen who shared her faith so personally. And as we were re-planning on Friday morning the service today, how apt we felt it was that actually we had always planned that today's service would look at the whole area of serving. Back on Christmas Day in 2012, these are the words that the queen shared. This is the time of year when we remember that God sent his son to serve, not to be served. He restored love and service to the center of our lives in the person of Jesus Christ. It is my prayer this Christmas day that his example and teaching will continue to bring people together to give the best of themselves in the service of others. The carol in the bleak midwinter ends by asking a question of us all who know the Christmas story, of how God gave himself to us in humble service. What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. The carol gives the answer. Yet what I can, I give him. I give him my heart. What beautiful, poignant words uh, shared to us by our late Queen, pointing us to this moment. A moment where Jesus, who knew he was very shortly about to go and to die on a cross, 
to die a horrific death, to take away everything we had done which broke our relationship with our Heavenly Father, to say on me, all those things will be taken so that for every single person on this earth, we can go back into a loving relationship with our Heavenly Father now, but for the whole of eternity. Jesus knew that was the moment he was about to face. So in this moment where Jesus is about to face death on a cross, he does this beautiful act of service where he washes the feet of his disciples. This is one of the last pieces of teaching he gives to his followers before he dies and then is resurrected again. And notably, it's about serving and just as this week has been a significant moment in our nation where we have all taken notice of what has happened and in some ways have all been affected, this act that Jesus did was a significant moment which made the disciples take notice. The act of washing feet was common in the culture of the day. But washing feet took place on arrival at an event or a house. You arrived, and as an act of courtesy, your feet were washed. But Jesus does this act in the middle of a meal. That was a significant moment. This was not the norm. This was not what normally happened for every single one of his followers in that room. They would have known this is a moment where we need to take notice. Because this is a moment that Jesus wants us to remember. And then as they look back post his death, knowing actually he knew what was about to happen... And this was a moment where he wanted us to take notice. Jesus, as their teacher and their leader, humbly kneels before them and washes his feet, washes their feet as an act of service. This was not the norm in the culture of the day. For the kind of Greco-Roman culture, male leaders were seen as the elite. If you were a leader, you were powerful. You didn't kneel before your subjects. You held the power and you stood proud and tall. Even in the Jewish culture, where more value was placed on humility, societal roles were still kept. Teachers did not serve the ones they taught. They blessed and they helped those who they were teaching to learn. This was a moment, a notable, big moment, where they would have taken notice of what was happening. Because Jesus, in this act of service, didn't just reverse the pecking order and the importance of power, but he came and he abolished it. In verse 13, he says, You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for this is what I am. But now I, Lord and teacher, have washed your feet. You also set an example that you should do what I have done for you. That Jesus says it's not suddenly about reversing the order where the teachers serve those who are, they are teaching. Actually, it's about all of us, regardless of who we are, regardless of our status, our age, where we're at in life. He says all of us, we can all serve we come together with a servant heart, knowing that actually we are called to be servants of a father who loves us so much that he was willing to send his son to die for each one of us. And we will all serve in different ways. I love what Ben said in his video, that there are so many different ways that we serve, and sometimes we think that we're going to put more importance on others, but that isn't what happens in the kingdom of God. For those of you who spend time ringing up the people that you know in your lives who are lonely, you are serving God. 
For those of you who provide meals for people who need them, you are serving God. For those of you who serve in our youth, our children, our PA teams, you are serving God. For those of you who walk past someone in the street and think that person looks so lonely, I'm going to pray for them. You are serving God. So many different ways that actually we show our acts of service which help flourish and grow the kingdom of God. But what I love is the framing of this moment. Because right at the beginning of chapter 13, before Jesus has even done this act, before Jesus has even knelt and washed the feet of his disciples, let's read what it says in verse 1. It says, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And then knowing how the story went on, he loved them for the whole of eternity. Jesus frames this in love. Jesus frames this in saying, I love you so much that I am giving you this example. This is not an example which is meant to weigh as a heavy burden on you. This is because I love you and I know that you will be blessed as you bless others. Being a follower of Jesus doesn't mean we have an obligation to serve. Let's read again in verse 14. It says, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet, as I have set an example that you should do. Now you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. But let's also notice, Jesus didn't say that and say, I've set an example for you to take the example and then pick up the towel, throw it at one of the disciples and say, go on, get on and wash people's feet. He didn't. He said it. He left it with them as a moment, as a moment for them to ponder, for them to take into their hearts out of love, out of wanting to be a blessing to them. That actually, as we learn more of our identity as God's children, that will include developing more and more of a servant heart. Because how can we not? We don't serve because there is a pressure to serve, but actually simply because our heart attitude says, how can I not serve? I love the quote that Richard Foster says in his book, Celebration of Discipline, and there is a chapter in there about serving. And he says, we serve out of whispered promptings and divine urgings. Energy is expanded, but it is not the frantic energy of the flesh. It's those God prompts. Those moments where we go, okay, I'm actually going to go and do something because I feel that prompt of God. Whether it's to join a team, whether it's to make that phone call, whether it's to send that text. Those prompts of God because we are so in tune with him as his children. We know him so well that we know those promptings that he wants to give to us so that we can serve others. And actually, can I say, this shouldn't be a burden. And if you're sitting here this morning and you're hearing, oh, we're talking about serving, that feels like a crushing burden for me. That is not what Jesus is saying. And if your act of serving at the moment feels like a burden, then can I say, maybe this is a season where Jesus wants to change the focus of your serving. Maybe he has a new plan for you, a new act of serving, a new place where you will go and be a blessing to others. Or for some of us, simply this will be a season where we just need to be served because actually we are crumbling. And that's okay because we are family together. And that is the beautiful part of being family is that sometimes there will be those of us who are serving and giving and sometimes there will be those of us who just need to be held. But yet, in a few months' time, that might change. Those of us who needed to be held will be back with the strength to go and to hold others. This is not a burden this is wonderful, brilliant news for us as family together. 
there is a, a lovely uh, story, a, a true story of which a number of documentaries have been made. Uh, you might have seen one of a guy called Jadiv Piang, who lived on the island of Majuli in India. Back in the 70s, there were, uh, the effects of global warming were already being seen on Majuli Island, and much of the forestation that had been there had died out. Jadiv loved his island so much, uh, loves his island so much, that he wanted to do something to make an impact to serve his island, get back to where it used to be. And so he made him a commitment. He committed that he would plant one tree a day for the rest of his life. And so he did. In 1978, he started by planting one tree in this area where he wanted to see a new forest grow. To the present day, the area that he started that one tree planting in 1978 is now bigger than the expanse of um, Central Park in Manhattan in New York. And if anyone has been to New York, you know how vast that is. If you watch the documentaries that have been made on him, the forest is huge and is full of wildlife. It's beautiful to see. But in the interviews that they gave with him, he was very honest. And he said, you know what? It was really tough. I can imagine. On day 90, when you're getting up again and you're going and planting a tree, and all you've got are these tiny little saplings and not much is happening and not much is changing, that's pretty tough. I can understand why he maybe gave up. But he said the day that he realized that this was worthwhile and he was going to keep going and he would keep to his commitment was the day that he realized that the trees were beginning to plant new trees themselves because they started self-seeding. And so it wasn't just his efforts that were growing this forest and this beautiful expanse of area. It all started happening naturally because the more trees he planted and the bigger they grew, the seeds fell and more trees were planted and more vegetation came and animals came which brought seeds with them on their fur and they planted more seeds and more trees and forestation naturally. It's an amazing story and I would encourage you to go and watch that. And I loved watching uh, the serving videos of people just sharing about some of the different ways they serve even within our church family because there were a number of young people in our church who shared in those videos and we probably could have got many, many more. And I want to say how wonderful and how much it thrills my heart when I see the children and those in rock and those in myth serving because that is because of the example of serving that has been given to them. They have been invested in from the youngest of ages in our church. And I loved, I think somebody said, um, that they just love having the responsibility. Because suddenly they get to give back what they have had invested into them. Because things happen naturally. I had a really beautiful moment the other day where I had been out uh, meeting with somebody. It had been quite a sad meeting. I was coming back to Riverside House. It was on a Wednesday. I'm not normally at Riverside House on a Wednesday. Wednesdays at Riverside House are absolutely wonderful because they run the Riverside Money Advice Cafe. Uh, they have the Riverside Money Advice team in. The cafe is just full of people who flock in from the local community. Come just for some cake, for a cup of tea, for a chat, for some warmth. It's brilliant. There's people in and out every single day. Day. As I was walking down the streets and people were leaving from the cafe and they came up to me and they said, oh, we were told to try watching one of your church services and we've seen you, we've seen you on the telly. And I was in that sort of like, you know, post, oh yeah, okay, didn't quite know what to say. And they said, oh, you know, we've been encouraged to try praying. And so right there in the middle of the street, having come from this meeting where I was feeling quite sad and quite burdened, some people who I'd never met in my life, I don't know what their faith journey is or where they were at with their faith. 
But they stopped and they simply prayed. And they said, we want to say thank you to your church for what you do for us every Wednesday. But yet they blessed me so much because it changed my day. To know that God knew that in that moment, actually, what I needed was just someone to come and say, hi, we want to pray for you. It was the simplest, beautifulest prayer. Because you plant seeds in people's lives in your acts of service and in your blessing of them, and they will go and do the same for others. What an amazing way to see growth of the kingdom of God. Actually, in a world which is so often quite self-focused, where we're told to focus on ourselves, on the things that we want, why don't we choose to be a family together? Whether we are watching and doing church at home, whether we are here, whether we are not here this morning. Let's try not to be self-centered people. Let's try not to be striving-centered people. Let's try not to be busyness-centered people. Let's be men, women, young, old, who are Jesus-centered people. Just as our late queen knew that relationship of a personal faith with Jesus at the center of her being, just as millions throughout the world know what it is to have a relationship with Jesus as their best friend, as their savior, as their Lord, actually let us know that sense of being Jesus-centered people. That the more time we spend with Jesus, the more time we spend in his presence, the more time we spend in worship, the more time we spend reading his Bible, the more time we spend in prayer, the more time we spend being accountable to one another. I love what Ben said about people getting alongside him and pulling out the challenges of his behavior. We don't speak about that very much, do we? Because out of all of those things, we will spend more time in Jesus' presence. We will able to become more Jesus-centered. And out of our new identities as children of God, these things will naturally flow. Just as the forest began to naturally grow on the island of Majuli. Because when we are Jesus-centered people, we naturally become servant-hearted people. Because Jesus was servant-hearted when we are Jesus-centered people, we naturally become more mission-centered because Jesus was mission-centered. When we are Jesus-centered people, we naturally become more generously-centered people because Jesus was generously-centered and we could go on and on and on. And so let's cheer one another on to be those Jesus-centered people who at the core of who we are is a desire and a yearning to grow in our faith so that as we grow, as we learn, as we develop, all these other things will happen so naturally because actually we become more and more rooted in who we are as children of God. And we see the world changing around us, not through our efforts, not through our striving, but through the beautiful natural awareness that we have, that we are loved as God's children. And he is with us every second of the day. We can do that in our groups. We can do that by coming along to Alpha courses and supporting our friends who might want to know more about the Christian faith. We can do that by simply having conversations with those that we spend our time with and our lives with. We can do that by deepening friendships, even within our church family. So we know there are people who are cheering us on and championing us on. And for many of us at this time, where the world does seem unsettling in many, many ways, where people feel fearful, where people feel like an element of the rock on which they stood has fallen away, 
be men and women who bring the hope that there is a rock which will never fall away, that we stand on Jesus. Jesus, who in an act of humble service, knelt before his disciples and said, I'm going to wash your feet so that you know I will love you now, always, and for eternity. So you know that I am serving you just as you can go and serve others. Jesus, who says, whether the world is in turmoil, whether the world is stable, I will still be the rock on which you stand because I love you simply and utterly amongst it all. I love you.